I like them fast. Happy Sunday, everybody. 49ers are 2-0 after an impressive victory over the Bengals. There was a lot to like, and obviously it wouldn't be the 49ers if there wasn't one thing that we had to talk about. But we're going to get to Joe Staley in a little bit. We are going to start out. I am joined with Rich Madrid once again. Rich, tell the people what's up. Uh, Hey, how's it going? 2-0. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, man, really good game. 41 to 10 and or 41-17 because there was a garbage time score in there, which blah. How do you feel about first of all, how do you feel about the Bengals? One of their touchdowns that was called back by a penalty at the end of the game. It looked like a little trick play just to get points on the board. Like, come on, man. What are you guys trying to do here? Yeah, I mean, at that point you have to kind of do anything you can to make it look somewhat respectable. You know, even though they they did get the touchdown after that, it still didn't look any more respectable than if it had stayed forty-one to ten. But you know, I, I think the Forty ers would have just preferred to give it up and get out of there, anyway. So it's not a real, not a big deal, you know. Right, right. So, all right, guys, we are going to have five takeaways. It'll be quick. We'll get in and out of here. So let's start with one of Rich's first ones. Play action, the passing offense was pretty damn good today. They were able to do whatever they wanted. Um, Shanahan pretty much, he, he emptied his bag of tricks. It was fun, and we'll talk about that as well. But, Rich, uh, what, what were some things you saw from the play action passing game from the 49ers today? The, well, they didn't, uh, they didn't abandon it in the first half like they did last week. They went straight to it after a couple of decent runs to open the game, and then they hit um, Goodwin for the touchdown on what Shanahan calls the uh, the leak concept, where the offense goes one way and they leak a receiver or tight end out the other way. Um, and Goodwin just happened to be, I mean, you don't get more wide open than that. Um, and it, it was nice, and they just kept coming back to play action again and again, um, something that we didn't see last week. And then, you know, in the second half last week, Garoppolo struggled with it. Um, but this week they didn't. And people are going to say that because the 49ers had so much success running the ball, that's why they were able to be be successful with the play action. And I think that I speak for you when I say this, that that is not true at all. They could have had 42 carries for 41 yards and more than likely still would have had the same type of success they had in play action. It was was just a really, really well-called game by Kyle Shanahan. I feel like he put – he put Jimmy Garoppolo in some very good situations, and I thought Jimmy played well as well. I think he had the – so the one interception was uh, – it wasn't a great throw. He threw it into coverage. He probably thought that the cornerback was going to run with one of the routes, one run with the clear-out route. He did not. But besides that throw, I thought he played one of the better games that I've seen him play in a 49ers uniform. 17 for 25, 297 yards, three touchdowns. A pass rating of 131 when the best you can do is 158.3. But it was more than, you know, just a completion percentage and the amount of yards that he was throwing for. I thought that he looked like he was playing faster. I thought that he, you know, first of all, I loved that he was moving around a little bit. You can tell that. I think that helps get over that little, that mental hurdle of coming off an injury. And he was scrambling early on there, running for first downs, not even for first downs, but he was avoiding the big loss, which I think was key. How do you feel that uh, Jimmy G played today? Um, I thought he played much better than last week, you know, and this is one of the things I said on Niners Nation earlier this week. And some of my comments just replying to the readers, um, 
if he plays well, then he'll get credit. You know, I'll give him credit for it. If he doesn't play well, then I, you know, I'll say as much. And uh, he looked today like just night and day different. I mean, yeah, he was hitting open receivers, but he still had a couple nice um, tight throws in there to guys in stride. And, and that's what you want to see. I mean, for a guy coming off an ACL injury to just step up, um, like, like you were saying, and take off out of the pocket when he had no other options was um, – for me, it's still a little cringy because I don't want to see the guy get hurt. And then, but he, you know, it shows that he's comfortable, you know, planting and running on that leg um, and making things happen when he can't throw it. So I, I just think he looked different this week. I think um, he might finally settle down here and we'll see what happens. You know, he did have just the one bad throw, I thought, um, on the interception. Everything outside of that I thought was fine, except for maybe one here and there. But, you know, nothing, nothing to be concerned about this week. It just, it looked different and it looked like his processing speed was a little bit better today. Definitely. Um, I, I think the processing is a good point because we saw him go from read to read. And then if those throws weren't there, he was quick to check the ball down and he was quick to just get rid of the ball. He wasn't holding the ball and he wasn't, you know, taking sacks and taking losses. True or false. Jimmy G plays like this the 49ers are a playoff team. True. Yeah, I agree. I think that they don't need him to be Patrick Mahomes. They don't need him to be an all-world quarterback. He just needs to be just efficient like they were today. Just keep them ahead of the sticks. Let the let the playmakers do the job for you. You don't have to be a superhero all the time. So that was really good to see. And that interception, it did lead to a short field by the defense, but the defense – I think they played very well again. And they, what we saw today was, so a lot of the talk coming into the game was, you know, John Ross had over a hundred yards last week and he had 112 yards today because that garbage time touchdown was 66 yards. But before that, you know, the 49ers just did a good job of taking away the big plays. They, they had a couple penalties. They had a couple, you know, knucklehead plays that were, that kept the Bengals drive alive. But for the most part, you know, the defense, they were just dominant. They the defensive line continued to get after Andy Dalton. He just never really looked comfortable. And I thought Achilleo Witherspoon again played really well. But my guy today was Quan Alexander. I think he was getting into throwing lanes. He had the the big interception that got the 49ers off the field to end the half and led to points towards the end of the half, which led to a touchdown to start the half, which is what good teams do. But anyways, I thought Quan played an excellent game. His energy is really sparking the defense. I love to see him just continuing to talk shit to the other team, man. It, it doesn't matter, but you don't you don't really see that from the 49ers. You, you didn't really see that last year, but there's always a guy on the defense, on a good defense, that, that talks a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. So he didn't really – I don't think he, he lit up the box, scored it. I think he finished with six, uh, six tackles. But he got into throwing lanes, broke up two passes, and then had that other interception. Who who stood out to you on defense today? I would have to say the same. Um, he just seemed like like kind of like what I said about Fred Warner last week. Um, you know, the, the stat line doesn't show it sometimes, but you get guys in there that basically force bad throws and things like that. And um, I, I honestly thought like maybe Bosa and Ford were going to have a day, but they were getting double teamed all day, so that didn't happen. But um, Quan Alexander was really someone who stood out, you know, right away. Um, I mean, the secondary played well. Everybody was breaking up passes and things like that. But, you know, um, I think he was probably the standout on defense today. Yeah, there's 
No doubt about it. It was it was good to see just the defense continue to play fast, man. And I think that's uh that's what they're gonna be. They're gonna be a bend but don't break unit against the better offenses, and they're gonna be able to get off the field with sacks, uh timely turnovers like we saw today. Like this is who the defense is and in 2019, that's exactly what they should be. So uh, going back to the offense, you liked what you saw from the running game today. Saw some some wrinkles in there that we may not have seen. And the running game, they, man, they uh, – first of all, the offensive line, before we talk about the skilled players as well, we got to give some love to the offensive line because there were times where Brita, Mostert, Wilson were running five yards, six yards, seven yards before they were even – you know, being touched by the defenders. Breida finished with 12 carries for 121 yards, 10 yards a pop. Mostert, not too shabby himself, 13 carries, 83 yards, 6.4 yards a carry. Both of those guys had runs for over 20 yards. Breida is just so tough in space. That that one run he had will be a highlight, and we'll probably be seeing that on, you know, on the highlights all week. But what were some of the, what were some of the things that you saw in the running game that you liked? Um, a couple different things that they they did maybe once or twice last year. They did probably about three or four times in this game, and that was running um, kind of like a jet motion slash fly sweep stuff um, away, you know, or into the into the play side of the run, and that has the effect of taking you know at least one defender out of the box when you do that, and it was opening up running lanes up the middle um, for the cutbacks all day. Um, that's kind of, that's sort of more of the what. Sean McVay does with the Rams. They did that a lot last year. Um, and it was kind of interesting to see Shanahan go to some more of that stuff today. So they, they, and I imagine you're talking about mostly they use Debo for that, right? Yeah. I think Debo did it a couple times. Goodwin had one in there. Um, but that's, but yeah, that's, Basically, who did it the most probably was Debo, and I and I definitely saw a good one on one of the longer runs. I think in the third quarter, definitely he. So and Debo, they they do give the ball to Debo just as a change of pace. He had he had two carries, but it's it's the motion that throws off the yeah. defense. And when I when I was uh, when I was charting the last game, I think they motioned like fifty eight percent of the time before the snap compared to Tampa Bay, which was like 30%. And simple motion might not seem like much, but it just causes so much chaos for the defense. They have to overreact. They have to shift. They have to realign. And more often than not, if you time it up right as an offense, you can just get a numbers advantage. And that's what we saw today. They were just able to get one extra hat. And even if they weren't, Brita or Mostert cut it back, and then they just did all the work. So it was a really, it was really good to see. I thought the offense was – about as efficient as possible, just from a just from a play by play standpoint. I mean, it was. I don't know if we will see them be this good again, but if they are, they will play deep into the season. That's for sure. So they had sixty eight plays, and on sixty eight plays, they had five hundred and seventy two <laughs> yards, average eight point four yards per play. Yeah. Man, eight point four yards per play. Yeah, they had, that is so stupid. They had five hundred of those yards going into the fourth quarter, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had 222 yards in the third quarter, man. That's just incredible. So silly. Um not not just that though. So, they were efficient on third down and in the red zone, which were two areas that they struggled with last week and 
more the majority of 2018. So um, five of nine on third downs. I think they only had one three and out again today, like they did last week too. Wow, that's nice. I did not know that, but um, Mitch Mitch so, had two punts, but. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was only one three and out plus the interception that kept him from a, a longer drive. Yeah, if you have one three and out, you are going to win the game. That That's what that tells me. So three and five in the red zone after 0 and three last week, and there were five of nine on third down. So com- converting third down on what's that, 54%, converting in the red zone on 60%. All like this is this is how you win games. This is how you win games in a convincing manner. So the box score is going to look very very nice. And I guess that takes us just back to my my other talking point is just Shanahan and the offense. He emptied his bag of tricks. We saw Dante Pettis throw a pass. We were seeing you run all the way to one side. You throw it all the way back to the other side. There were some nice looking screens. Just it seemed like it was. I don't know if it was a. Hey Zach Taylor, you're a new coach, but I'm the man here. Like I do this, but Shanahan, whatever, whatever he wanted to do today by proving a point, he did it, man. It was, it was one of the most impressive just play calls. He, the defense really didn't stand a chance. Is the best way to put it. He just kept kept the Bengals um, just off their mark all game. What, what was your what was your main takeaways today? Yeah, I th- from Shanahan specifically. I thought it was. Probably one of the best called games that he's had since he's been in San Francisco outside of maybe Jacksonville and the Rams earlier in 2017. Um, But it was more of a – I think he had something to prove too, especially with Zach Taylor being, you know, one of his guys and then being the coach there in Cincinnati. Um, It just – all things – everything was clicking. Everybody was catching passes. Everybody was – you know, getting their blocks. Um, he was using more of his kind of bread and butter offense with the play action and then the outside runs on the edge. It just, everything was in sync today. And, it, you know, I, I, I would I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the team meetings this past week to see or to hear how they were going to accomplish that. But, you know, it was just a night and day difference between last week and this week. It was. Yeah, they were – they were confident. They were definitely confident. They knew that they could – you don't call these plays and you don't attack a defense like this unless you know that you're going to have some success. And I feel like watching the Bengals and Seahawks play last week, there was quite a bit of fool's gold in the Bengals' success, and the 49ers took advantage of that. So uh, before we get out of here, last one, the, the main talking point, the elephant in the room, what are the 49ers going to do at left tackle now that Joe Staley, who Shanahan announced after the game, suffered a uh, broken tibula to his left tibula. That came on a play. So Staley was blocking uh, Raheem Mostert and Ross Dwelly, I believe, whipped his leg around and kind of hit him in the shin. Yeah. And that uh, so now Staley will be out six to eight weeks is what they said. Staley actually said that himself, six to eight weeks. So it's going to be tough sledding. They're going to have some work to do. They are going to have to sign somebody more likely than not because Brunskill is probably the next best guy, and he's not the answer. Uh, Justin School, I can promise you he is not the answer. None of them are. Yeah, the the 49ers left tackle who will play – in Pittsburgh is not on the roster right now. I think we can all agree on that. So what are their options? 
one of the main talking points is going to be, will Mike McGlinchey move to left tackle? And Shanahan shot that in the foot or just, you know, into that pretty quick. He said, why would we create two new positions when we only have one? Because you move McGlinchey to the left side and now you have to find a right tackle. So it's not it's not that easy. It's not mad and we can't do that. And the, it's just an outdated thinking because just be like this is in the 90s. Nobody you don't put your best pass rusher here. You don't put your best tackle there. Vaughn Miller rushes on the right side like Melvin Ingram, Joy Bosa. Justin Houston, so many of the the best pass rushers in the NFL rush off the right side. There's no reason to move McGlinchey. And the 49ers run a heavy outside zone base play action. So based on their scheme, there's really no need to to move Mike McGlinchey. Are they going to miss Joe Staley? Yes, a lot. Um, so looking at some of the questions that we got. One is, should John Lynch make a move for Trent Williams? What do you think? Um, yes and no. Um, yes, because you're automatically getting a guy who has already played in this system and who basically still does because I think Jay Gruden still pretty much runs the same stuff. Um, he played for Shanahan, he played for McVay there, and now, you know, he's still there playing in the same style, same style of offense. Um, so you're getting a guy who basically would come in right away and, know what he's doing. He would know the protections. He would know the plays. He would know um, everything that Shanahan's looking for in a, in a left tackle, basically. Um, the other, but the part of me that says no is that he is looking for a big contract. Um, what are, what is the capital they'd have to give up to give him? Um, Joe Staley's only going to be out eight weeks. I mean, you know, the, these things can linger. You know, they could determine – they could say that now he's going to be out eight weeks, but it could turn into something longer. Um, but if he's coming back, you know, by sometime in November, you know, right at the time they would need him, then, you know, maybe they don't make the move. And then the other factor is Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. I don't – I can't see them, you know, even if Shanahan were to offer the next two first-round picks – you know, I don't think they would take it just because of the bad blood there between, you know, both parties involved. So, um, and but I, I mean, I think they should try. You know, I don't know what it would take to give them up, but you know, you all, and then you also have to figure in the cap situation, the contract that he would have to get. So, there's a lot of factors to consider, but I think that the big ones are the cap. And the contract situation, plus the fact that there's just bad blood between uh, both organizations in that regard now. So, or personal animosity, not so much between the two organizations, but who knows? Um, stranger things have happened. There may be a situation where they just want to get rid of him and they'll take whatever San Francisco has to offer, but you can kind of see how the egos would get in the way of that. Oh, for sure. Like, egos are a massive part of football and especially with coaches everybody thinks they can fix a player everybody thinks that you know just they let relationships get in the way ruin you know these sort of things so i don't think that trent or trent williams will be you know a 49er that would be amazing because trent williams in my opinion is the best left tackle in football but Eight weeks, it would almost come off as a prisoner of the moment, and you don't think Staley will fully recover. Yeah, if, you know he's going to miss a two months. So yeah, probably probably not going to be the answer. 
um, for Staley, but still, it, it's worth exploring. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with picking up the phone and asking. But like you mentioned, that Snyder Shanahan relationship dates back quite a while, so yeah, I would not count on that happening at all. the The other question, so Sam Young, did you? <laughs> somebody asked if Sam Young, Sam Young, is the answer. I'm going to ha- go ahead and say no, no, no. I will not rule him out by. That doesn't mean they're not going to sign him. Um, I just would say that yeah, I'm not going to be jumping up and down with joy, knowing that, you know, the 49ers brought in Sam Sam Young. Then again, there's not there's probably not a name out there that you're going to be like, oh, finally, like brought him in. Now we're not going to miss Staley because you just don't replace Staley. You you don't do that, especially week two in the NFL. Nobody's Nobody's auctioning off left tackles like, hey, just take him off my hands. Well, the Dolphins might be. I was going to say, unless unless there are multiple organizations ran by the Miami Dolphins, I don't think that the 49ers will be able to get a starting caliber level of player um, just at this point, just once the regular season has started. So who? Uh, what do you think? How how much will the, the offense miss Staley? Um, tough to say. I mean, I don't, I didn't even see who they put in there. Cause to be honest, by the fourth quarter, I was kind of not really paying attention and, and doing other things, but, um, <laughs> it was Brunskill. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a huge drop off. Um, I, I do not envy Garoppolo and having to deal with whoever comes off the left side because you know whoever they play now, their best rushers are going to be coming off that edge. Um, it's going to be, you know, in the running game, I don't have the running game's never been an issue. I think they can plug and play anybody there at the running game. It's more of a passing game I'm worried about. In, in that case, I, I think there might there might there's potential for um, a really bad drop off there. Oh, that might be the understatement of the year to say that there is going to be a drop-off between Joe Staley and yeah, insert right. free agent is, that they're going this to. This is the analysis y'all came here for. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. And it just goes back to what we were talking about. We're talking about Joe Staley here. Who is going to replace him? Nobody's going to replace him. You're going to be able to field a player that is able to play left tackle. But this might just mean more... 12 personnel, more Ross Dwelly in there, more – hopefully it doesn't mean George Kittle will have to stay in a block. I mean, Shanahan is a wise man, so he's not going to resort, resort to that. You could probably get a, a Kittle-Juice tack, yeah. tackle tandem in there. They double as one. Yeah, that, I would imagine more uh, more juice in there for sure. Still, though, it's, it's going to be tough, man. There's no doubt about it. That doesn't it, – it sucks because – you know, the offense was rolling. They're 2-0, 41-10. And it, there's, there's likely going to have to be, you know, a little more conservative offense with Staley out until they at least figure out what they're able to do because still play action will not go away. It might just mean less receivers in, in the fold there. It'll be interesting to see. We will let you guys know um, exactly – who they sign? They'll probably announce it Monday morning. They're. Or... Oh, hey, sorry, man. I don't mean to cut you off, but the the free agent list is slim pickings, man. Um, Let's hear it. Let's hear some names. You got Matt Khalil. Ooh. 
Nope. Um, I, I know the Khalil brothers too. I don't want to, hopefully they don't hear this, but I don't think they are, but, um, <laughs> I, I grew up, uh, same town as them, same friend, same circle of friends. So, um, Sam, well, like we already said, Sam Young, Chris Clark, Dakota Dozier, Cedric Ogbui. I hope I don't. Yeah. The, and, know exactly who you mean, the former Bengals. So the yeah. Bengals didn't want him. That, that should yeah. tell you all you need to know. That's just that left tackle. Now all. Now, at the tackle position in general, both right and left, it is uh, Trent Trenton Brown. Hmm. Do we do that? I don't know. Is he? Did he get cut? I don't know. I don't think so. Spot Track says he's a free agent, so that's really weird. Um, no, there's there's no good names on there. Donald Penn. There isn't. So that might that would probably be the best name. It, I didn't know he was still available. Yeah, okay. Trent Brown plays for the Raiders, by the way. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But it's saying he's a free agent. So yeah, that's currently, I, well, hang on. Maybe I have that wrong. Available. There we Donald go. Donald Penn is on Washington. Uh, okay, so no, he's not available. But Matt Khalil is available. That's the only one. He is available, and he's available for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, there's no good yeah. names on there. It's not. There there isn't. Still, so we know we know that, you know, no matter how many names we would go through, it's, ah. it's, there's going to be a drop off. Gary Giam. <laughs> Let's do bring it, him, baby. Bring him back. <laughs> Sorry, Oscar. Yeah, uh, just uh oh, he's <laughs> he is going to talk about Gary a lot on Wednesday. I can I can promise you that. And you guys are kidding yourself if I'm not going to give them a couple nudges, you know. So before we get out of here, anything else you want to talk about? But um, any other highlights from a 41 to 10 dominant victory? We don't want to end on that note because it was still a very dominant win. Like they're very good. They're very good. You don't have to wait and say that. I think we can say the 49ers look legit. And today was one of the most complete games that I've seen this Kyle Shanahan team play. Yeah, no, you're right, man. I don't. I mean, I hate to be all doom and gloom, and I don't want to do that. But I do think that they're going to be just fine. I mean, there, there, there might be some drop off in the play at left tackle, but overall, I mean, this this offense can pick up the slack. I mean, everybody is capable of doing that. Um, they'll probably go a little more play action, you know, mm-hmm. take the pressure off Garoppolo on that side a little bit, and then maybe some quicker throws. I, I don't think it's going to be. It, it sucks to lose him, but I don't know if you know. I don't don't think it's going to be a huge boon to the offense in the long run. Yep, and the only thing that I'd add, but just before we get out of here, was so I don't think Dante Pettis was in the stat sheet today. So Debo Samuel led he, the team. He had five yeah. catches for eighty-seven yards. What were you going to say? Uh, he actually was. Um, okay, I'm going I'm to correct what, you there. No, no. What, he, what did he, he have? Uh, he was one for one passing. Oh, that's right. He did throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, My he had, mistake. Uh, he had six, sixteen yards passing, but it was uh, a sixteen yards after the catch type of play. So yeah, he threw it behind the line. Of no, but yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna bug me all week that he wasn't involved. It is, more. I don't know. It's what's weird. Going on there. Yeah, something is up, man. And it's awesome to see Debo be involved as much as he is. 
But Pet, like, let's not forget that Pettis is a very, very talented player, and I know Shanahan doesn't doesn't forget that. But he's not even like he's not even on the field. They go to three wide receiver sets, and it's Richie James, it's Debo Samuel, yeah. it's Kendrick Bourne, it's Marquise Goodwin. I'm not, which I'm not even sure I saw him on the field except for that pass today either. He, he so I, I he probably was, but I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and, and I don't. I know he didn't have a target, so he's probably just out there running routes. But man, it's tough. So we will see. We will see if this continues to be a thing. It's tough to be mad when a team scores forty-one points, but the Staley injury, the Pettis news, is is uh, is probably going to dominate the talks this week, which is unfortunate because there were a lot of good performances. But we will break that down more later in the week with Oscar. Two and zero is all that matters. I am Kyle Posey. You can follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. I am going to go out in the streets of Scottsdale in a 49er shirt and just <laughs> talk to – just ask everybody, like, is your team 2-0? No? Can't relate. Damn, you can't – you, you better sp- be careful there, man. That Cardinals fan <laughs> might be uh, – Well, their quarterback is too short, so I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about that, man. What uh, what are you, How are you spending the rest of your Sunday? I'm going to go drink some more beer. Probably eat some nice. chicken wings and watch these barn burners that are currently six three and three to three. So, <laughs> love offensive football, baby. And Kansas City's just putting the Raiders in the dirt. So I'm not even going to turn oh, that on. R.I.P. Well, Gruden, it was nice knowing you. Well, two and zero, 49ers, and that's all that matters. Thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next Sunday. <laughs>